Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. I'm having some fun talking to Jeannie Chilson from Chilson Motors. And we're talking Ram trucks. And there's an awful lot of pride that goes with the Ram truck owners and the technology and the creators of those Ram trucks. And they have a lot to offer. Absolutely. Ram offers anywhere from a 1500 series all the way up to a 5500 series. So whether you're just towing something around town or you need us to customize it for your business or for your work, we have the Ram experts to do so. Ram trucks are so versatile. You can find them working hard to a night out on the town and they fit right in where wherever they go. Absolutely. Ram has worked very hard to create an interior on their trucks that is really a luxury vehicle in a truck. Excellent layout of seating, appointments, and they have really worked hard on the detail of their trucks to give owners a really comfortable, well-appointed driving experience. Ram really looks out for their customers by creating great value in their truck. Absolutely. Ram offers so many different engine options as well, too, from the diesel to the classic V8 Hemi to the new TRX, which has a lot of horsepower. How can we find out more about Ram trucks? You can visit either of our two showrooms, Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Highway 53 in Chippewa Falls or Chilson's Corner Motors in Cadott at the corner of Highway X and Highway 27. Or you can visit us on the web at chilson.com. Remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. It's Friday here at Wax 104.5. Chore time at the shank of the day. Bob with you. Joe taking the day off, getting ready, wound up for the weekend because, uh, boy, down there in her area, Augusta having a big bean and bacon days, parade on Sunday, and Horse pulls, all kinds of things going on down there. So if you're in an area that's going to have a big 4th of July celebration and a lot of people are going to have something, enjoy it because uh, the weather should be good. should be good and hot, I guess, is what it is. We'll talk about that weather. The June Class 3 came out. Not good. They closed down June <laughs> a day early, as a matter of fact. And we'll have the official June Class 3 price. We will share that. Other calendar items, things going on. Big report coming out about 11 o'clock this morning. That's a big acreage report. Uh, we'll find out how many acres got planted to what. And that'll be coming out about 11 o'clock this morning. Brent Wink is going to join us on our Winfield United, the Ag Division of Atlanta Lakes, covering the crops. We'll see if Brent got any rain in his crops over in western Wisconsin and what those uh, challenges are. But, boy, I'll tell you where it got rain. It really snapped up the corn, didn't it? And the beans even look a lot better as well. And if you're going out to buy gas, by golly, look around because uh, these gas prices are different. Right here in Eau Claire, I went to get gas yesterday, and gas stations right across the street from one another. 16 cents difference, 16 cents a gallon difference right across the street. Now, what's the reason for that? I don't know. It can't be transportation. It can't be 16 cents more expensive to haul it from one side of the street to the other. But again, that's where we're at as uh, we look at the 
you know, the price of a barrel of oil is below $70. It's $69.90, so these prices shouldn't be going up. But again, check around because uh, the gas prices vary significantly. Just don't go to your, your same place all the time because uh, the place across the street could be 16 cents cheaper. All right, we got a lot to talk about this morning. The Wisconsin Bankers will get an update on what's going on with the Bankers Association in Wisconsin. And uh, I don't know where else we'll get, but uh, we got a lot to do this morning. And we'll start, we'll tell you about this weather next. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's going to stay hot. Let's tell you about our Skywarn 13 weather forecast brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. They've got a great selection of new Jeeps on hand now. Check them out. ChilsonMotors.com. 87 partly cloudy today. The haze from those Canadian wildfires shouldn't be as bad today, but it's still out there. So still be aware of that. But 87 partly cloudy down to the low 60s tonight, 88 tomorrow, 87 on Sunday, 92 on Monday, and the 4th of July it'll be 91 with a slight chance of rain on the 4th of July, and a better chance on Wednesday when it's going to cool off. Upper 80s on Wednesday, it's 61 right now in Wax Country. Wax 104.5. About a minute after 5. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire, news time. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. President Biden is opposed to expanding the Supreme Court, saying doing so could politicize the high court forever. Take a look at overruling Roe v. Wade. Take a look at what the decision today. In an interview with MSNBC, the president argued the court has done more to unravel basic rights and precedents than any court in recent history, citing the court's decision to strike down affirmative action programs in college admissions. Some Democrats have proposed expanding the Supreme Court as a way to push back against the conservative majority. A federal judge is rejecting Donald Trump's bid to dismiss a defamation lawsuit from New York columnist E. Jean Carroll. U.S. District Judge Lewis Kaplan made the ruling Thursday on the first of two lawsuits that accused Trump of defamation for denying he raped her in the mid-90s. The case is separate from last month's verdict ordering Trump to pay Carroll $5 million for defamation and sexual abuse. A special U.S. envoy for Iran has been benched over suspension of his security clearance earlier this year, which led to an investigation. A Biden administration official said on Thursday that Rob Malley was placed on leave after the State Department conducted an investigation into the possible mishandling of classified documents. Google says it will block all links to news stories by Canadian media outlets once a new law takes effect in Canada. The law would require tech companies to pay publishers for content. Google's announcement follows Meta's vow last week to black out Canadian publishers on Facebook and Instagram. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And if you've never been to the Silver Dome Ballroom, you're missing it. Been down there, it's been a few years, but uh, been down there many times for activities over the years. It's a great facility. It, I think it's on the National Archives of Historic Buildings to Preserve. 
But the Silver Dome down there by uh, Nielsville, great place. If you got nothing to do tonight, get down there. Great music, it sounds like, too. And the weather is going to be good for traveling. Let's take a look at our Skywarn 13 forecast brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. Remember, new 2023 Subaru Outbacks are now available at ChilsonMotors.com. Hot is the forecast. 87 and partly cloudy today. 61 overnight in 88 tomorrow, 87 on Sunday, 92 on Monday, and mostly sunny, a few clouds around. Tuesday, looks like on the 4th of July, the cloud up a little bit. Slight chance of rain in this forecast right now. High of 91 on the 4th of July. And on Wednesday, cooling off with a better chance of rain. High of 78 on Wednesday, but the 4th of July weekend is going to be a summer weekend, that is for sure. Right now, cool spot down at Black River Falls. Black River Falls, 55, Toma, 56. Rice Lake, 58, Medford, 61 at 64 in Wausau and Marshfield. 68 in La Crosse, 66 in Green Bay. 64, cool morning down the Madison Sun Prairie area. 71 in Milwaukee and 61. And again, that haze, that smoke from Canada, still going to be a factor in our air quality today, but not as bad, they say, as yesterday. But again, if you've got breathing problems or just want to be careful, be aware of that today as well. So again, weather's good, but that haze is out there. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's take a look at the market numbers here. It's the uh, end of the week, obviously, and uh, Rural Mutual Insurance with our sponsorship. We appreciate that, of course. And as we look, uh, markets, livestock markets, cattle markets have been pretty good this week. Choice-fed beef steers, 170 to 181. Mixed steers, 134 to 169. Choice-fed beef heifers, 170 to 182, with the mixed heifers, 192 to 169. Choice-fed Holstein steers, 148 to 159. The select and silage-fed Holsteins, 115 to 147. Cows, 80 cents to a dollar, topping at 126. Bulls, 111 to 125. Hogs this week, 56 to 105. Sows, 32 to 36. The boars, 12 to 19. New crop market lambs, 170 to 202 this week. The feeder lambs. 99 to 180. We had ewes trading from 47 to 150. And in the goat market, small goats, 5 to 150. Medium goats, 130 to 255. Large goats, 180 to $400. Nanny goats, 10 to $300. And the futures market, let's take a look at what happened at the Mercantile Exchange yesterday. And the markets will be closed on Tuesday and reopen on Wednesday. Normally they open on like at night, but they're not going to open on the night of the 4th. They'll wait till Wednesday morning. But again, no markets on Tuesday, but most activity on Monday. All right, live cattle closed yesterday, 179.75 up 12. August, 174.50 up 62. October, 177.67. That was up 65 in December at 181.67. That was up 80. Feeder cattle, August, 242.37 up 212. September up 207 at 245.80. October up $1.85 at 247.82. November up 137 at 248.35. January up a dollar at 247.27. Lean hogs were mixed. July up $1.17, closing at 95.45. August hogs up 122 at 92.32. October closed at 79.35. That was down two cents. And December 
at 75.92, down 15. Board of Trade was mixed yesterday. Corn down, beans were higher, spotty rain. Today's big report we'll be telling you about, acreage report. And overnight, corn stronger, up 7 to 8 cents, still low at 5.36. Oats up 6 at 4.07. December wheat up 7 to 8 cents at 6.92. And soybeans uh, even higher than yesterday's close. Overnight, November beans went up another 17 to 18 cents at 12.83. December meal up two thirty a ton at three hundred eighty two dollars and eighty cents. And taking a look at the dairy markets, boy, these are a disaster. Barrels down three and a quarter, one thirty five. Block cheese one thirty three. Butter at two forty four. Class three prices. The official June price came off the board yesterday. Officially, fourteen ninety one was the June class three. That's down a dollar twenty from May. Down nine dollars and forty two cents. From last June. That is a huge drop. July closed yesterday down 26 cents at 14.09. August down 27 at 14.77. September down 23 at 15.96. And October down 19 at 16.95. That's the story of the markets brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. We'll get a better story. We're going to hear from one of our new state FFA officers in the area. We're going to Section 7 and the Granton FFA, and Jill had a chance to talk to Lizzie Reinhardt recently, and we'll talk to her, again, courtesy of all of our good June Dairy Month sponsors. One of those, the House of Gouda and Marika Gouda as well. Granton FFA has a state FFA officer, Lizzie Reinhardt. She is the new vice president for Wisconsin State FFA. It's been a few years, about five, since they had a state officer. She did graduate in a class of nine, so everybody gets to know everybody else. But boy, agriculture runs deep in the Granton School District. Lizzie Reinhardt, state FFA, vice president. What was your SAE and project that you did in FFA? So I only had one all through high school. It was agricultural education, specifically for the elementary students. Now, with that, I would go down to 4K through 5th grade classrooms and teach them about agriculture, FFA, and other leadership skills. Now, with that, I would also host outside-of-school activities like a forest education night and taking the 4th and 5th graders to farms and other agricultural-related businesses in Granton to kind of spread that knowledge that I've learned through my high school ag classes to those younger generations that don't always get that opportunity. And you mentioned spreading the knowledge. Where did you find the information that you could share with these youngsters? A lot of the information that I get for these lessons, I get a lot of ideas from Ag in the Classroom, but I also use a lot of the activities that I get through FFA conferences and workshops because a lot of the things those state officers would use with middle school and high school members, I could modify it a little bit and then be able to teach elementary students the same things that I was getting to learn in order to know myself better in agriculture. And you've gone from teaching and kind of leading those youngsters into leading at a state level. Why did you want to do that? I didn't know that I wanted to run for state office until my junior year of high school. And it really came down to, I knew, I had figured out what I wanted to do. I wanted to become an ag teacher because I loved FFA and I loved teaching about agriculture. And it was those state officers who kind of helped me realize that when they were when I'd go to events and they'd remember my name and tell me, like, or ask me, how, how did your LDE go? Are you excited for CDEs, Lizzie? And they'd remember my name and they remembered what I'd do. And it made me realize that 
those state officers helped me come to this decision. They've helped me realize what I want to do with my life. And I wanted to be able to give back that same thing to other members. So that way, every FFA member can have the same opportunities that I did. And you get to spend a year at being a state FFA officer. What do you hope to get out of this year of time? One thing that I've realized is that everyone assumes that state FFA officers, they're so confident in themselves and they know everything that there is to know. But that isn't the case. There are things that I don't know about yet. There are so many agriculture topics that it's simply unfeasible for me as an 18-year-old to know everything. And I'm excited to get to learn more about agriculture issues or other agricultural ways of educating that I might not already know about. And being that you just graduated from high school and you're just getting into this role, what do you think about leadership for this year and maybe the next? I know that this year is going to be a lot with the time commitment and all of the travel, and I'm so excited to spend every minute of it. And I know that I will have the opportunity next year to run, to be on the team again. But that is one thing that I need to see how this year goes. I need to see what happens in my life, my education, what I want to pursue with that. So it will take some time to think about, and I have an entire year to do that. And you brought up your education. What are your plans? I'm enrolled at the University of River Falls for agricultural education. Now, this first semester I'm doing an internship, so I won't be on campus too much, but this uh, spring semester is when I'll really start to be on campus taking more classes. I think that's exciting. Always exciting news when Granton FFA has a state FFA officer, and they've got a gem here in Lizzie Reinhardt from the Granton FFA. She's the state FFA vice president. And I'm Jill Welke from Wax 104.5. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's good to hear the enthusiasm of those young people taking leadership jobs in the Wisconsin FFA. And it'll be a a challenge for this team uh, this past year. FFA membership in Wisconsin, over 25,000 new records. So, again, lots of good things happening with the FFA and agricultural education in Wisconsin. Coming up, we're going to hear about the Wisconsin Bankers Association and see what's going on with that organization and uh, how they're staying staying feasible. You know, the banks are in the news with some of those banks, big banks out west that, that went under. What's the status of Wisconsin's banks? We'll hear that next right here on WAC. 61 degrees, little haze out there. Shouldn't be quite as bad as yesterday. But it'll get warm again today. It'll get hot. 87 and partly cloudy. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The Wisconsin Bankers Association has put out a few publications that essentially give us a status report on how our banks are faring today. And it is overall good news. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Wisconsin Bankers Association President and CEO Rose Oswald-Poles can speak to the numbers and what she's hearing from the ground up from rural banks, especially on their economic outlook. Rose starts us off with news from the federal level that Wisconsin banks remain on solid footing after the first quarter of 2023. Yes, Wisconsin banks really are continuing to be in a very strong, solid financial position Their capital levels are strong, you know, lending is strong, loan default rates continue to be very low. So despite some of the headwinds that we certainly have been experiencing, you know, all of us from uh, the economy and inflation, but certainly the banking industry specifically as well, 
over the last uh, six months, uh, Wisconsin banks are in a really solid financial position looking forward here. Now, in the first quarter of 2023, there were those two out-of-state banks that had failed. And I wanted to ask you, Rose, has that created any unease among your customers? Well, certainly back in March when those two failures took place, there were you know, some natural questions and uh, a lot of media hype, uh, frankly, a social media hype as well that was, I think, energizing some of the concern of the public around the country, including in Wisconsin. But after, you know, people really just talked with their local banker, they were put at ease because really there is not a bank that does business in the state of Wisconsin that looked anything like those two banks that failed. They're not involved in, you know, risky tech uh, sector uh, lending. They don't have huge venture capital money sitting on deposit, you know, at their bank. They manage their portfolio and balance sheet much more responsibly. So the difference truly is night and day. And between the association sending that message out as well as individual conversations between bankers and their customers, you know, the few people that naturally had questions and concerns, I think, you know, really were um, put to rest after those conversations happened. And speaking of portfolios uh, for banks, obviously in Wisconsin, agriculture makes up a big part of that. How are our rural community banks doing? And what does that say about their agriculture customers? Yes, well, a great point that, you know, Wisconsin banks really are more diversified in their lending as well compared to those two banks that failed. And with, with Wisconsin being such a strong egg state, there are many banks across the state that have good size loan portfolios in the egg sector. And we have really seen, you know, the egg sector continue to be healthy. Farmers are continuing to be in a, in a good, strong position, egg lending went up a little bit, about 2% quarter over quarter and about 2.5% year over year. So not a huge increase, but a steady um, increase that's pretty typical with what we see when, you know, farmers are themselves uh, in a financially strong position. So, you know, I think the ag sector is very positive and healthy in Wisconsin, and the banks that lend to that sector are the same, healthy and strong. What are your agriculture and farm customers spending their loan money on? From what I hear from our ag lenders, they tell me that a lot of it is certainly working capital and equipment loans, so pretty traditional uh, reasons why a farmer would borrow, borrow money. Total loans outstanding as of the end of March were just over $3.8 billion, so up about 2.5%, I guess, from the prior year. What kind of economic indicator is that? If, if more people are taking out loans, is that good or bad? Well, I think, you know, that can vary. Sometimes uh, people obviously borrow money when the cost to do so is still lower compared to using their cash. Certainly it could be a situation where a borrower doesn't have quite enough cash and so they need to borrow money. I, you know, borrowing is pretty common. Most of us can't afford to use cash to buy a home. Most of us, you know, really can't use cash in today's world to buy a brand new car. And the same thing in the egg sector. I mean, farm equipment itself is incredibly expensive with all the technology that's now built into it. Um, and then just operating needs uh, with inflation, the cost of your input for crops is up 
Um, cost of feed for your cattle um, is up. Cost of labor is certainly up. So, you know, as those costs rise, it is very common and normal for people to choose to borrow money. So I don't think the fact that lending across the board is up is any negative sign in any way. It's, I think, just a a normal uh, occurrence with how we all operate. And if I'm asking about lending, I've got to ask about interest rates. Can you give us a, a status report on how those interest rates are looking today? Well, they're certainly high. You know, um, with the Fed raising rates as many times as they did in calendar year 2022 and then another quarter basis point this year, you know, they're obviously up quite a bit from where they were 18 months ago. I think we're optimistic that the Fed is actually not going to raise rates again, but May one more time before the end of the year. Um, there is some school of thought where people believe they will actually do another quarter basis point now, but then actually stop and maybe even lower rates at the end of the year. So, you know, it is still a bit of anybody's guess at the moment, but there is no question that borrowing costs are a lot higher right now than they were 18 months ago. How do our banks feel about climbing interest rates? It is a challenge from a net interest margin perspective for the banking industry. You know, through the first quarter, we saw net interest margin, you know, really stay fairly consistent with what uh, that had been um, both year over year and quarter over quarter. But it does put some challenge on the banks for their own earnings. Obviously, you know, when they can reprice loans to go higher, they do, but there are some businesses, including farmers, that are in, you know, maybe short-term fixed-rate loan products. So maybe the rate was fixed for a three-year period of time or even a one-year period of time. So, you know, it isn't the case that a, a lender can reprice, depending on the contract, you know, every single loan every time a rate increases. So it, it does present challenges for banks. I want to do some forecasting now. You know, another report that Wisconsin Bankers Association has recently released is a survey it's done with its CEOs across the state. What are you hearing from the ground up for economic outlook for the rest of the year, at least for the next six months? Our bankers, I think, provide really insightful guidance for the public in terms of looking at some of these predictions just because of what they do and how close they are to their customers. And so I think this survey is positive from the standpoint that people look at the current health of our economy and the bankers surveyed overwhelmingly said it is either good or excellent. Current health is is very strong. And then looking ahead, you know, there are almost half of the respondents who believe that in six months inflation is going to actually fall. So I think While they do believe a recession is likely in the next six months, I think what the survey results are telling us is that it's going to be, you know, more of a softer recession and not a really hard landing. So the impact will maybe not be as great as some people might have feared. So that's an update from the Wisconsin Bankers Association. Rose Oswald Poets with the WBA with our Stephanie Hoff there to get an update. And uh, from what I heard, not bad. All right, it's 5.30 in the morning. We're going to catch up with Morgan and find out what's going on in the news. Agriculture. 
It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's find out what's going on in the news from our uh, lady-in-waiting. Of course, that's Morgan waiting in the newsroom for us to throw it to her and Morgan, good morning. What's going on? Well, good morning. With headlines that start in our area, a western Wisconsin mailman not going to prison on meth charges. A gavel drop with a judge yesterday instead sentencing 69-year-old Timothy Wilson to two years probation. Barron County Sheriff's Office arrested Wilson while he was making his mail rounds. This was in February of 2020. He was arrested for possession of meth, though it's not clear if he was dealing on his postal route. But the Sheriff's Office says they found about $1,000 cash on him when they arrested him. Wilson pleaded guilty to meth possession and charges. Well, that air quality should be a little bit better in our area, but there still is a warning that stretches Wisconsin. The DNR is keeping the warning in place until noon today. Now, the worst air in the state is in the southwestern part of the state. DNR says uh, air in the northwestern part of Wisconsin is unhealthy for sensitive groups. And, of course, the smoke from those Canadian wildfires is what continues to affect air quality. Well, the governor was in our area in Eau Claire yesterday, and that was to help make the new Sojourner House expansion. Governor Tony Evers helped cut the ribbon on a 4,000-square-foot addition to the shelter in Eau Claire. Hope Elliott is the shelter's coordinator, said the new space will allow the Sojourner House to help move more people in the community who may not have a place to live. And the expansion has been in the works for years. And as you set out for your Independence Day weekend, just a reminder to be safe with those 4th of July fireworks. Department of Natural Resources Wildfire Prevention Specialist Catherine Cooley says some simple steps should keep you and the environment safe. Concrete or uh, gravel areas have a, have a water source. Um, do them in the evening for sure because... You know, the humidity comes up, the dew points um, are a little bit helpful, the winds die down. And she goes on to say, just want to be safe with all of the fireworks, even things like sparklers and bottle rockets. And if you're looking for the big oohs and the ahs, some local information online for a lot of those firework shows planned for this weekend. Of course, Eau Claire not doing Carson Park this year, but 715newsroom.com for details about where you can see those. They'll be uh, displayed over the High Street Bridge. And a road trip to Menominee will take you to fireworks uh, Saturday for the Wakanda Beach Show. All of that information online, 715newsroom.com. And, of course, the bigger oohs and ahs happen back in the barn when we send it to our own firecracker. Bob Bolsold and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Have a safe and happy 4th of July. You too, Morgan. You have a good one and enjoy the weekend as it's going to be... Nice and warm around our part of the country, and we're going to hear more about our weather. We'll do that next, but a lot of things coming up. June Dairy Month is, well, effectively over. Today's the last day of June, and uh, I don't know, I kind of miss the dairy breakfast. I like those breakfasts. I like going to them. But uh, a lot of fair is starting in July, a lot of other things as we'll look at the calendar. But before we do that, we've got to look at the weather. We'll do that. Something else coming up here, not too long. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, a little hay still hanging around, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was yesterday from those Canadian wildfires. Let's find out. Mike Dandry is with us. Morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Bob. Yeah, as far as the smoke is concerned, it's a little bit higher up in the atmosphere this time around, and air quality a little better, more preferable. Not ideal, but... But this is going to be... <laughs> Fourth of July, that if you don't get your activities done outside, it's your own fault. <laughs> yeah, I would have to agree with that because this weekend is going to be about as great as it can be to get out to the lake, get out on the boat, and maybe fishing, do anything outside just because we'll have 
pretty much three repeat offenders in a row with a good bit of sunshine today through Sunday. And we'll have temperatures in the mid to upper 80s. Now, Monday is going to be a little hotter, mostly sunny, getting in the low to potentially mid 90s in a few spots. But then Tuesday, starting off with some sunshine. But then we have a cold front moving through. That said, our highs will still get to the low 90s. But later on on Tuesday, that'll bring chances at some showers and storms likely persisting through the night and into Wednesday, with Wednesday being mostly cloudy and a lot cooler with highs climbing only to the low 80s, which is about where we should be for this time of year. But then looking at Thursday, we'll have uh, just another brief chance at a shower uh, here and there, but still partly cloudy and highs in the mid to upper 70s. And right now it's 63 degrees with a pretty beautiful morning on tap and, again, more preferable air quality. Where are you going this weekend? you going fishing, or what are you going to do? You're going to get outside water-wise, aren't you? Yeah, I was going to say, probably going to do some fishing. We're going up to Grand Rapids, Minnesota, for a uh, family reunion for my wife's oh. dad's side of the family. How far? Grand Rapids, I've heard of it. How far is that? Uh, it's about a little over four hours from okay. here. But, uh, yeah, it's exciting. And, uh, yeah, lake home. My brother-in-law is a lake home. So, yeah, we're going to be on the water quite a bit this weekend. You married right. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> now, Grand Rapids, that far north, their air quality might be a little more impaired. I was looking, uh, I mean, I was looking kind of closely at it, but uh, the way that the airflow is, that should be kind of similar to here okay. uh, over the next couple of days as far as smoke at the surface. All right. Now, how much chance on Tuesday for rain? Are they like a better chance on Wednesday? Uh, it's lo- unfortunately looking like the best chance Tuesday night into Wednesday. Okay. Well, that's good. We need more rain. We that's do. For sure. Yeah, it'd be nice to see some fireworks, but I think uh, a lot of us, especially those in agriculture, would rather see the rain than the fireworks at this point. Yeah, well, for little sure. Little we've gotten. Absolutely. Well, don't catch them all. Have a good weekend. You bet. There he goes. That's Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13 as he's getting ready. Brent Wink is here. Brent, of course, will be uh, with us in a few minutes on our Winfield United Covering the Crops program. So what's your status as far as the... Uh, weekend is concerned you got to go out and get ready to go camping yeah i think we'll probably sneak up to the campground up near balsam lake and kind of relax for a few days with no rain interruptions no i know you've got a big camper or whatever it is trailer yeah whatever but uh, how comfortable are you in those? I mean, because you're a well, big I'm guy six like foot me. five, Bob, yeah, and yeah. I have a like a nice California king bed at home. Yeah, you know your central air at the house, and then some nice reason, big bathroom. <laughs> yeah, big bathroom, big shower, <laughs> and then go spend the weekend in uh, crouched over when you want to shower in a queen size bed with mosquitoes. <laughs> but somehow oh, somebody right. convinced us that that's what we should be doing. Oh, that's what he's doing. <laughs> Hell, I hope my wife, wife is not listening. your wife more than you, right? <laughs> well, she really loves it. Uh, it's it's nice to get away. we got a second family up there that you get to see oh, yeah. some of the weekends. So. All right. So uh, Brent will be, be along before he gets uh, gets ready to put on his, what is it, WD-40? No, what is the What do they call that? Uh, bug ointment? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, a WD forty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would work. Some the kind deep of woods off or deep the, woods off yeah, and all I, that I sort of stuff. So take a lot of long. I don't know how the wood ticks. I haven't heard much about the wood ticks and skeeters. I haven't been bothered by many this year, but some people say they're out there. Yeah, I think I've only had one one wood tick all year. Or so all right, mosquitoes well, definitely. We'll get the report better. next week when you get back. But <laughs> all right. we've got a bigger report from Brent coming up here in a little while. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
All right, 20 minutes to 6 here on a Friday morning at Wax. Uh, as we told you, Brent's with us. But uh, again, and I know, Brent, uh, you, you've been by this place. And they announced, about a week ago, the announcement came out. I just saw it the other day. But uh, no checks meet in Thorpe. You know, the main drag in Thorpe, when you go through Thorpe, heading yep. out of town to the north there. They're 70 years plus, so about 71 years they've been in business. They announced that uh, they're going to get out of the business. The Nolichek family is going to be selling their operation. Their last production day will be August 31st. All, all the inventory sold by the end of September. And they said it's just been the last few years too hard to run that business with uh, trying to get help and all the other things that are going on. And the buildings and real estate have been sold to Caleb Martin. He owns a local butcher supply store, and he plans a new business on the site called Butcher Block Market that will provide the home butchering and sausage-making supplies and cheese and other things at a more visible location for his business. So, again, you know, as I that, that was talking earlier on TV, it's kind of like it's always been there. It's like a kid for me growing up, and all of a sudden the Milwaukee Braves are leaving, going to Atlanta. Milwaukee Braves were, were there for me growing right. up. And it's kind of like I can't buy a Pontiac. I can't buy a Plymouth. I can't buy a Mercury anymore. I mean, it, it, they've always been there. Now they're gone, like Nolichek's. That is amazing. It's 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 kind of sometimes sad to see the change, but hopefully uh, something new comes back bigger, better, stronger. Yeah, hopefully. And uh, again, thanks to the Nolichek's. I got to get over there and talk to uh, Lindsay and Kelly and Chad and uh, see what the see what the future brings for them and uh, their fond memories of uh, well. The, Community you can get a couple years' supply of all of your favorites. Yeah, I don't uh, know. How you know I wasn't keep, a regular but... customer, but <laughs> when I go through Thorpe, I'd stop by bacon or meat sticks yeah, or something. Just that and, and neat it, little snack yeah, or something oh, different. It was, uh, yeah, it was good stuff. So, Nolichek's going out of business. All right. Uh, well, a lot of people are in business, and that means, the, speaking of Thorpe, Thorpe Dairy Days in the Mid-State Polars of Wisconsin will be hosting the annual Thorpe Midsummer Shootout, and that'll be on Saturday, tomorrow and the polls are scheduled to begin about 6 o'clock, a $10 admission fee at the gate. And speaking of Thorpe, on the 4th of July, there's going to be a pancake breakfast in Thorpe at Yellowstone Park, and that'll be from 7 until 11 o'clock. That's on the 4th of July. But again, the tractor pull will be tomorrow. Also a tractor pull, or horse pull, I'm sorry, horse pull in Elmwood tomorrow starting at 11 o'clock, sponsored by the Rod and Gun Club, Sunday the 2nd in Chatech at 1 o'clock, Sponsored by the Funny Farm. And Monday in Augusta, Bean and Bacon Day's big 4th of July celebration there in Augusta. That poll will start at 10 o'clock in the morning. So a few things going on around the area over the 4th of July weekend. Oh, let's see. What else is going on up in Phillips? There's an arts and crafts fair. Also, Jump River 4th of July celebration on the 4th at the community park. That'll be all day. And uh, Elk Lake in Phillips all day as well. So, again, a lot of things going on around the area. So get out and enjoy Wisconsin and the 4th of July weather because there's a lot to see and do. And, and wait you go out for your picnic or you're going camping, make sure you got plenty of good Gouda cheese. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Time for us to get to some markets. Again, it's about 61 degrees, a little haze out there. Not as bad as yesterday. 87 and partly cloudy is going to be the forecast for today. And 
chance of rain maybe the night of the 4th of July into Wednesday, so we'll see how that goes, but that's a few days away. Let's get to market. we got to get to Altoona. Here's Jim Lindsay. Well, good morning. With headlines that start in our area, Western was... That's that Morgan. She's hard to get rid of, you know what? But uh, we did get rid of her. Now let's hear from Jim Lindsay over there at Altoona. Choice beef steers neffers dollar forty five to dollar seventy six. Choice dairy cross steers neffers dollar forty five to dollar seventy one. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers a dollar fifty to a dollar sixty. Choice Holstein steers dollar thirty nine to a dollar forty nine. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers dollar thirty eight and down. Top twenty percent of the cow cows sold from a dollar three to a dollar twenty weight a top of a dollar twenty two. Sixty percent of the cows sold from seventy five to a dollar two. Bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from seventy four and down. Organic market on Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $1.40 to $1.57. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from $1.39 and down. Cold bulls sold from $95 to $1.15. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $200 to $380 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $200 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $275 to $620 per head. Our next special feeder sale will be Friday, July 7th, starting at noon. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's a Friday morning in Wax, and let's wrap up sale barn activity for the week. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. Well, Bob, and a good morning to you, and I guess uh, markets are good, but one thing, too, uh, I'm sure the smoke is still out there, but not nearly as bad yesterday as it was the previous day, so maybe that situation will improve over the weekend. I hope so. It's supposed to, but... uh, Still a little bit out there, so be careful if you're going to do anything uh, real energetic outside. Well, wrap up the week for us. All right, I'll do that, Bob. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Thursday, and this past week here at Equity Stratford. Again, another busy marketing week, and we'll start out with the um, cow market uh, uh, this week. High-yielding, fleshy, Holstein, and beef cows selling mostly from a dollar to a dollar twenty. We did top at a dollar twenty-four on the cow market on some high-yielding beef cows. Most of the cows this week were selling between seventy-eight and ninety-nine. Thinner cows, plainer cows, seventy-five and below. Organic market also very strong. Uh, we sell those on Tuesdays. High-yielding, certified organic cows selling from a one sixty-five to one seventy-three and a half. Now back to the fed cattle trade, conventional type cattle, uh, uh, choice, uh, Holstein steers, and they are selling mostly from 138 to 158. High yielding choice and strictly prime Holsteins from 158 to 163. Select grading cattle under finished cattle 135 and below. On the bull trade this week, uh, uh, good quality bulls are mostly in that area from 108 to 120 with a top at 122 on those bulls. Calves again very strong. Uh, Holstein bull calves mostly this week from uh, two uh, from 200 to 375. Uh, earlier in the week on Monday, a lot of bull calves from 375 up to 445. Heifer calves this week 50 to 125. Again earlier in the week, a lot of fancier heifer calves from 150 to 175. And those beef calves just setting new records on these beef calves this week. 300 to 550, and uh, also on Monday, a lot of beef calves from 575 up to a top of 730. Uh, sales schedule next week, uh, not too much of a change. Uh, we will be uh, uh, selling bright and early Monday morning as per usual, July 3rd. Of course, July 4th, Equity Stratford will be closed and will resume market activity on Wednesday and Thursday. So not too much change next week, just off on Tuesday. So 
anyway, uh, Bob, that's all we have for the folks this morning. You enjoy the weekend, and uh, uh, Jill's going to be in at the controls on Monday morning. You bet. She's going to do the chores Monday morning, so uh, get a hold of her. And you have a good weekend. We'll talk to you later. You betcha, Bob. Thank you much. Enjoy the weekend. There you go. Jerry Fitzgerald at the Equity Stratford Barn. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Check the rest of the markets quick before we get to Brent here on the Board of Trade. Corn was down. Beans were up yesterday. Spotty rain today's big report we talked about. And uh, corn overnight up another 7 to 8 cents at 5.36. Oats up 6 at 4.07. December wheat up 7 to 8 at 6.92. November soybeans closed higher yesterday up another 17 to 18 cents overnight at 12.83. Meal for December up 2.30 a ton at 3.82.80. Country elevator prices today. At Northside Elevator and Loyal Corn, five forty-two. The beans fourteen dollars even at their Arcadia location. Five forty-two on the corn, fourteen thirty-seven on the soybeans. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connorsville. Corn, five forty-two. Beans, fourteen oh two. On the DTN screen, and what a fluctuation in prices we're getting here. As uh, we look at the DTN screen, Golden Plump Corn today is five sixty-one. Baldwin four ninety-one with the beans at thirteen thirty-five. Duran, fourteen sixty nine, thirteen twenty nine on the beans. Corner Mondovi is four ninety six, beans thirteen thirty five. Elmwood, five eleven and thirteen thirty five. Fall Creek, the corn is four ninety one, beans thirteen oh four. Osseo, five eleven and thirteen thirty five. Elk Mound has corn today at five thirty nine, beans thirteen ninety five. Sparta, Melrose Farm Service, the corn is five forty nine, beans fourteen forty four at Ellsworth. Four ninety one and twelve ninety five ethanol plants. Boyceville five fifty three, Stanley corn five thirty one, New Richmond five twenty six, and these dairy markets they're not good. Barrels one thirty five. That's down three and a quarter. Blocks unchanged one thirty three. The butter unchanged at two forty four. July class three fourteen oh nine. That's down twenty six. August down twenty seven at fourteen seventy seven. September down twenty three at fifteen ninety six and October down nineteen at sixteen ninety five. Well, let's see if we get better news from Brent here. Brent Wink uh, with us as you've been hearing this morning. Brent with our Winfield United uh, Ag Division of Land Lakes covering the crops. Did you get any rain last week or this past week? Yeah, we've uh, got to think back here. Just a couple of nights ago, it looked like it was going to miss us, and we have been just so desperate around our home farm, uh, kind of between Baldwin and Glenwood City, and we. Ended up getting three quarters of an inch in a lot of spots. Some farms got an inch, but then you got, you know, five miles away, and some of those uh, growers up there got two tenths. But it's certainly you'll take anything you can get now. And it does make a difference. The crops really respond in a hurry too, don't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely. It's just uh, like I say, it's amazing what some of the crops look like with such small amounts of rain. But kind of reflecting back on the week, I kind of just you know look back and see what jumps out at me for the week. And this week, you know, we're kind of getting into that a little bit of a lull. Your herbicides are kind of wrapping up and nitrogen on corn's kind of wrapping up and we're kind of just uh, waiting for maybe fungicides and some of that. But I got a great opportunity. Uh, the gang from Tractor Central invited me over to a uh, a field day, a demo uh, field day. And John Deere uh, has got a new sea and spray technology and a really kind of neat technology it's a two-spray system, so a big self-propelled sprayer. They had it in the field for a demo, and basically there's uh, two different water tanks on it, a split tank system, and then on the boom, you've basically got 
a split boom as well. So the one tank can be spraying, let's say, a, a static rate across the entire field. And then the other tank, uh, the sprayer's got the capability. There's, uh, I think they said, 36 cameras mounted on the boom. And that other tank can just spray the weeds that it sees. So it, you go into the monitor, you type in, let's say that you're spraying a soybean field that has the ability to recognize anything that's not soybeans and turn on that other section of boom to spray. And so they, they put some blue dye in the, in the spray system, took us out in the field and kind of showed us a real time going across the field and just unbelievable technology of all these companies and what they continue to bring out. And you, you think of some of those things that it certainly you'd hope there'll be some herbicide savings, uh, uh, maybe different opportunities or ways to use that, but actually just spraying what you need or sometimes the weeds that are emerged, maybe take a tougher dose or a tougher, tougher batch of chemistry to kill those, but you don't want to use that across the entire field. So it's, uh, it's amazing and just never ceases to amaze me what, uh, what these companies kind of create and just the ability it, it, at 15 miles an hour, that machine, the cameras are kind of pointed ahead a little bit, but you think of uh, those cameras to recognize a weed, turn that nozzle on that's it's literally uh, 12 or 15 inches behind it, and to get that nozzle turned on quick enough to coat that weed in the field. And it, it was actually as amazing, the accuracy of that system. So I know they've got some of those systems out. Uh, it's just uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of where all this technology takes us and, and kind of our ability to, to really you know, do a better job of managing our herbicides and, and uh, maybe targeting some of those tougher-to-control weeds just on an as-needed basis as we go across the field. So I thought that was a really, really cool technology. Obviously, there's a lot of things to sort out, and some of the uh, the co-ops have, have seen this technology and, and you know how, how we're able to implement it, uh, the cost-effectiveness of it, and just a lot of other things. But So that was kind of one of the highlights of the week. And here we sit, Bob. I don't know who's going to cook for you on the weekends now. June dairy months are going, you know, going, going, gone. So Saturdays I know it. I are. Know it. If any cafes can run some specials for you or something, but <laughs> fair season is on us. I it just wanted to mention long. real quick, uh, St. Croix County Fair. Uh, I'm going to be announcing the tractor, uh, truck and tractor pull again Friday, July 21st. That starts at 7 p.m. But more importantly, you're going to be flipping well, burgers. Yes, uh, Thursday, July 20th, there you go. the Knights of Columbus food stand. Come over and get a uh, burger and fries, burger basket. Uh, we'll be cooking burgers over there. And then, uh, like I said, Friday, the truck and tractor pull. FFA alumni, the Glenwood City FFA alumni, one of the fundraisers they do. So uh, just really excited as we turn the page to July and you start seeing town days and fairs and a lot of fun and excitement. You're more excited about that than being in the camper all weekend long. <laughs> so now it's getting foot, closer to six. six. My wife might be awake, that. so I better not get myself <laughs> in trouble here. I love going to the camper on the weekend, Bob. Right, we'll uh, but, mic. yes, we really look forward to it. I hope everybody yeah, has an incredible really. 4th of July and kind of gets out and enjoys this beautiful weather. Yeah, it's going to be good, and hopefully Mother Nature will give us another rain shower here pretty soon you because bet. we need it. All right, thanks, Brent. Brent Wink with us once again on this Friday morning. Winfield United, Ag Division of Land Lakes, covering the crops during the planting, growing, and harvesting season. And it's uh, low 60s right now. It'll get upper 80s today. Partly cloudy, a little haze out there. But, hey, 
Have a great 4th of July weekend. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.